Greetings everybody and welcome back to episode 42 of Extreme EvoCast, an all-purpose Pokemon podcast where we talk about news, trivia, and everything related to Pokemon. Uh, where I just realized that the next episode is going to be very, very close to Halloween. Bef- before Halloween, which is nice. But like, four days before Halloween, which makes me happy because then I can do something. I, I gotta do something. Uh, I'm almost upset that I didn't save um, Type Review Ghost for Halloween. But, you know, no big deal. Maybe I'll do Dark. I know that's not really spooky, but I'll, I'll figure something out. I'm not just going to do a Type Review. I'll, I'll do something special, uh, hopefully, if I have the time. College is, is pretty busy for me right now, but if I have, you know, mark my words, if I do have the time and if I do have the, you know, the creative flow, uh, I'll try to do something a little bit special for Halloween. Did I do something special last year? I don't remember if I did anything last year, but anyway, I hope you guys are having a great day. hope you're having a great week. Uh, I'm recording this episode a little bit earlier than uh, when I would normally record. Actually, I'm recording it like the, the, uh, like the not, usually I record at night, but I'm actually recording it like the pretty early afternoon of Monday. Um, and I usually record it on Tuesday. So, you know, so I can sort of get as much news uh, as much new things into the into the episodes as I can, but uh, I have some things going on tomorrow, and by things I mean Minecraft Steve is coming out in Super Smash Brothers, and I plan on streaming it. So I I didn't really want to you know worry too much about recording EvoCast then, um, so I decided to do it today because uh, what we're talking about today isn't necessarily something that is super time sensitive. Uh, last week it was, or last episode it certainly was very time sensitive. I didn't get to talk about all this stuff because of time, uh, because of just like the way that the episodes and the, the the way that the the direct worked out. But uh, thankfully today we have all the time in the world to sort of pick up where we left off last episode and talk about the things that have come out. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it, but you know what I'm talking about. It's the it's the Crown Tundra um, sort of little video that we got two weeks ago, like the day after the episode of EvoCast was supposed to be released. Um, so I didn't get to talk about it last time. Um, but before that, we have a little bit of news to get into. First of all, on the, uh, you know, sort of very understandable from the Pokemon Twitter, it is ghost type month. You know how the Pokemon Twitter does that thing where like every month they just like choose a type and they're like, oh, it's this month. Here's, here's the time where we're going to appreciate these, these types it's ghost type because it's October. Of course, of course they would. I mean, you know, who would they be if they didn't make this? They're gonna do this random type sort of showcase every month if they didn't do ghost type on 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 October. And I'm sure you know, ice is gonna be in December or whatever, what have you. Um, but yes, it is ghost type month. You know, you can if you look at the Pokemon Twitter, you can see they've already sort of posted some tweets about. Uh, ghost type Pokemon such as Palosand, I think is one they did, like Gengar, you know, they're they're gonna be doing that sort of thing all across the the month of October. It's not really anything like super, you know, worthy discussing, but it's you know, it's something special that I like I like that they do that every so often. Um and they even like change their icon to like a scared Pikachu face instead of a normal Pikachu face. So kudos to the to, to the to the Pokemon Twitter for getting into the season, I suppose. Next up, we have some uh, codes that you can redeem in Pokemon Sword and Shield, specifically uh, the codes Pikachu Get, with the I and Pikachu being a 1, and uh, I Choose You, where the I is a 1, 
and every O is a zero, where you can get a partner hat Pikachu. Uh, it looks like the the Generation One Ash Hat Pikachu, and then um, the, these codes will expire November thirtieth. So I mean, you got plenty of time. Uh, and then, very exciting to me, I suppose, is um, you can also use the code Pika Advance, where the one in Pika is, or the, the I in Pika is a one, and you can get a uh, Ash Hat Pikachu in uh, in Sword and Shield. Uh, and it is the uh, the um, the Ash Cap from the Hoenn series. And finally, you can also get uh, if you use the code Volt Tackle Pika with the I being a one, you can get the Sino Cap Pikachu. And these are all available until November thirtieth, twenty twenty. So you got plenty of time. So it's Pikachu get I choose you Pika Advance and. Volt Tackle Pika for all of the, the Ash Hat Pikachus up until Sinnoh. Pokemon Cafe Mix has gotten a update. Um, you It adds Hatrim into the game. <laughs> and also it's gotten a, a bigger update, which adds 50 new regular order stages, 25 new master order stages, and various new gimmicks and offerings. Um, I'm not going to go into detail because uh, I haven't super I haven't been up to date with Cafe Mix and it would also take a million years I think if I went over every little little change every week because it seems like there's one of these new updates pretty much every episode I think last time I also talked about this um, so if you're into Pokemon Cafe Mix that was released on 10th um, four days ago upon the release of this episode so if you haven't had a chance to play it there's probably some new stuff going on oh also beware is coming <laughs> and uh, on October 21st uh, you know I, I sort of just skim uh, the Cerebi posts thank you again Cerebi.net where I get most of if not all my information on the Pokemon uh, updates and stuff um, you know I see now that there's an edit saying that the next it's confirmed that the next batch of orders will be released on October 21st um, which will add beware and finally, of course, the biggest chunk of the news that we have today surprising nobody is all of the Pokemon Go stuff uh, first of all, Mega Houndoom is available in raids, and which means that you can uh, you can Mega Evolve Houndoom. Charmander Community Day is coming pretty soon. Uh, I talked about this last time. I think it's like October seventeenth, so th- that'll happen. You know, sort of um, when it goes on, or you know, I, I, not during an episode. You know, next episode I'll be talking about it, but you know, this it'll be after this episode, so I won't really have a chance to talk about it until next episode. Um, but Charmander Community Day is happening on the 17th. Is that right? That doesn't seem right because it's only Monday today and it's the 12th. Is that? I actually know that makes total sense. That is five days from now. Yes, it's on the 17th where you can get, you know, Shiny Charmander again to uh, nobody's chagrin, I suppose. Uh, but, you know, it, it's kind of a repeat. Uh, the Probably one of the first repeats that we've seen, if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, Charmander Community is coming soon. There's been a little more information regarding Pokemon Home and Pokemon Go. There, it seems like, um, it seems like there's going to be a cooldown system, uh, where that can be sped up with Pokecoins. Let me let me find the Cerebi post. I totally just lost it. Give me a minute. Which, like, I don't really like <laughs> yeah here we go the pokemon company has put out an updated clarified note in the article that revealed a pokey coin cost for transferring from pokemon go to pokemon home 
The article states there will be a cooldown period after transferring Pokemon before you can transfer again. This will be shortened with Pokecoins. Currently, this doesn't preclude the idea of it costing, but provides more insight from the same question that we asked yesterday. So it's essentially just like, you know, it's sort of, it's almost like a like a gotcha game. You know, you you can speed up the process, but there'll be a cooldown, which I I get. Because, like, you can catch Pokemon very quickly in Pokemon Home, but I also don't really like that there's, like, a cooldown, and it's kind of a, you know, pay-to-make-it-go-faster kind of thing. I don't like... Like, Pokemon Go has always had microtransactions, but I'm kind of not a big fan of that, if I'm being 100% honest with you. Uh, But, you know, it's not really a huge deal. I'm sure that it's not really going to affect things too much, but hopefully it's not... um, It doesn't cost too much, and the cooldown isn't too long. Um, so it'll be, you know, less of a frustrating feature and more of just like an understandable microtransaction and Niantic's part, but we'll just have to see. And finally, a little bit on the shorter side today, there is a new egg coming to Pokemon Go. Very exciting, I know. I mean, like, that's, that's, I'm being a little bit facetious, but like, that's actually pretty exciting. The last new egg that we got was, um, the Alolan egg, which changed a lot of things in the game. Uh, it seems that there is strange eggs that you get by defeating Go Rocket Leaders. These eggs can hatch into Pokemon such as Larvitar, Scraggy, Trubbish, and Vullaby and require 12k to hatch, which is the new longest uh, egg hatching time. You know, the Alolan eggs were sort of the middle ground between 5 and 10, 7, and then this is 12. So this is, this is the longest egg um, to date here. During this event, egg distance will remain at quarter distance. Wow, that's good. Um, so I don't know if that's going to be like a permanent thing. It's like a shadow egg. <laughs> uh, it's red. It's called a strange egg. And it will give you these four Pokemon. Or it's a such as. Let me see um, if Cerebi has any has any um, in, uh, information on what exactly will hatch from these eggs. Oh, I see. Um, Dino, Vullaby, Ponyard, Trubbish, Scraggy, Sandile, Absol, and Larvitar. And it seems like Dino, Larvitar, and Absol could be shiny. I almost said strange. Cool. So, not sure if that's going to be a permanent egg or if it's just like an event egg, but hopefully it's it's to stay. I mean, that's that's pretty exciting. I always I always do like uh, when they added the uh, the new. Um, you know, when they added the, um, the Alolan egg into, into Pokemon Go, that was, it was, it changed a lot in terms of like, you know, uh, with the gifting and stuff. I know this is probably going to be very different with the, where it gives you it from beating the team Go Rocket leaders, but, uh, hopefully it should add some new stuff into the game. I'm very excited. All right. Before we move on to the, uh, the information about the Crown Tundra, we have to cover everybody's favorite segment where we talk about a random Pokemon every episode. You know it well. Random Pokemon of the week. And this time is Pokemon number 877. Can you guess what Pokemon it is? I, 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 I like that I've been doing this recently because I do have, um, some people who are very adamant about, um, guessing what Pokemon it is, and this sort of, you know, last time it was Gen 1, this is obviously, if you can't tell by the number, all the way in the most recent generation, 877. I think I've given you enough time to guess. It is Morpico. Morpico is a dual-type electric-type, electric-dark Pokemon introduced in Generation 8. 
While it is not known to evolve into or form any other Pokemon, Morpico can change forms with its Hunger Switch ability. Morpico is the two-sided Pokemon. Its Japanese name is just simply Morpico. Uh, it is Electric Dark, like I said. It has Hunger Switch as its only ability, which, of course, is the whole thing about, you know, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> the way that it changes into uh, into its, its second form. Uh, and the second form, I believe, only... Uh, only changes its appearance and also makes its move switch between electric and dark. Is that right? Let me look. Uh, at the end of each turn, Hunger Switch switches a Morpico with the ability between its full belly mode and hangry mode. In full belly mode, Aura Wheel is an electric type move. In hangry mode, it is dark type. Yes, exactly. So it's not anything too special. I always felt like it was kind of just glossed over. Um, it's not really a super good ability. I mean, it essentially just changes the type of its signature move every every other turn, which or every turn, I suppose, which is fine. But like, I I almost felt like maybe they should, they could have changed the stats with it with um sort of similar to like um wishy washy maybe. It, it it always sort of felt a little bit lackluster to me. Uh, but anyway, Morpico has a fifty percent uh male female ratio, a one hundred eighty catch rate. It is one foot tall, or 0.3 meters, and it is only 6.6 .6 pounds. Oh, so, so, so light for such a small little Pokemon, or three kilograms, exactly. All right, let's, let's look into some things. Um, no, you know, no sort of Pokemon, uh, or Pokemon Mystery Dungeon information about this Pokemon, considering it just came out. I guess we could look at the trivia. Um... No other Pokemon have the same type combina combination as Morpico. Electric Dark. Yeah, it's a it's a new um it's a new sort of type combination. Morpico is the only Pokemon with a base stat total of four hundred and thirty-six. <laughs> so so very interesting. And actually it seems like here, uh Bulbapedia doesn't have its shiny form. Hold on. What does its shiny form look like? Ah, uh, okay, Cerebi. Cerebi's coming through with me for the for the shiny form. Uh, it's hangry form. Okay, f okay. first I'll talk about the normal form. So it essentially just changes the yellow on it, like the Pikachu color, into white. <laughs> Nothing else changes other than that. And then the hangry form changes from a dark purple to almost just like a very slightly different navy blue, which, how boring... Changes almost nothing. Oops, sorry about that. I should silence my phone. Almost nothing. No difference. I I couldn't. I almost thought that like they didn't have a shiny form for the hangry mode because it looks almost identical, and then it's just white and the. Wow, that's really disappointing, huh? Bulbapedia doesn't even have it. It's like, bro, this shiny sucks. <laughs> I'm not even gonna add it. You know, on there. Um. You know, I, I do kind of feel like this is a little bit in my bias of not really thinking that uh, Morpico got the love that it deserves, but I'm going to rate this like a 4 out of 10. You know, maybe a 3. 3 out of 10? It's not very good. It really doesn't change very much, and even then, it only changes its base color of a, I'm not going to lie, kind of uninteresting Pokemon. Again, I try not to let the, uh, my actual feelings about these Pokemon sort of uh, dignify what I feel about a shiny form, but, like, it's just white. 
dog. It doesn't even change the different, like, two-sided colors. It could have made it so much better. And the hangry form barely changes. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 3. Just a 3 out of 10. And, you know, of course there is something to be said about Morpeko being the, um, you know, the Pikachu clone of this generation. And, of course, also being the signature move, signature Pokemon of Marnie, which even then really doesn't even, like... <laughs> happened all that much. I mean, like, Morpeko doesn't even really do much in terms of Marnie's character. Uh, I guess it kind of looks like her. Like, very vaguely. I mean, she, like, like she's got this, they got the same hair. Is that right? I forget. I, I sort of forget what Marnie looks like. Do they have, like, so, is her hair based on Morpeko's? Kind of, not really. I mean, like, she's also got, like, the, you know, the jacket going down the middle, which maybe could be a reference to, I don't know, dog. It, I don't think so. I mean, like, you know, of all, of all the, um, of all the, of all the Pokemon that she could have had, I guess Marpico fits the best, all things considered. But even then, there isn't really much to be said about the fact that she likes it so much. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I honestly expected to talk a little bit more about Morpeko because of the fact that, you know, it's, it's Marnie's Pokemon, but now that I remember, like, she didn't even really do that much with it in the, um, in the games. Like, it's sort of like, you know, it was, she was like, oh, what's that, Morpeko? You like this trainer? I guess we'll have to, like, be rivals now. You know, that's pretty much the only thing it did. And even then, that's not even necessarily Morpeko, you know, the whole thing about Marpico, so I don't really think there's anything else to be said about this Pokemon. I like it, don't get me wrong, I think it's a cute Pikachu clone, but like, and it's got a cool gimmick, I suppose, which, like I said, could be expanded upon even more than it was, but it's nice. Uh, very quickly, let's go over the competitive viableness for Marpico, which, surprise, surprise, is absolutely nothing. Uh, wow, that was really rude. I apologize, Morpeko, but I mean, I'm just saying it like it is. Morpeko is in the PU tier. It has a HP stat of 58, an attack of 95, a defense of 58, a special attack of 70, a special defense, defense of 58, and a speed of 97. And it is such a bad Pokemon that there is no... There is no information about this, uh, about this Pokemon. Um, at least in the PU tier. In the monotype tier, though, there is, um, I mean, it's still PU, but in monotype, it actually has a, um, it actually has some information regarding it. Um, it says, uh, there's, there's a lot going on here. There's no, like, there's no overview, so I'm sort of, um, not really, I don't really want to go over it because the, it's sort of just like, it's, it's two big paragraphs, but they're all very specific to, like, what, um, to what Morpeko can do, so I'm not I'm not gonna go over that necessarily. I'll just go over the um, the set that is most uh, recommended. It is offensive support. Uh, it has Aura Wheel, Parting Shot, Super Fang, or and Protect or Rapid Spin or Taunt. Sort of a you know support and also a little bit of offensive. Uh, item is the Heavy Duty Boots. Hunger Switch is his ability, of course, and Jolly Nature, which is plus speed plus special attack minus special attack. Sorry and has 252 attack EVs, 4 defense EVs, and 252 speed EVs. Um, there's a little bit more of an interesting set over on the monotype section, um, written by Conflux, that has a choice band set. Um, same, pretty much the same um, EVs and nature. Instead, it has Aura Wheel, 
Crunch, Seed Bomb, and Psychic Fangs, which is uh, much more offensive. It's not necessarily a, a support Pokemon. It's it's kind of it's very very um, offensive in this set. So interesting sort of dynamic there, but. All in all, I think that even though they don't say anything here, I can sort of guess that this Pokemon is not very good. And finally, it is it is time to talk about the new information coming with the um coming with the with the Crown Tundra trailer that we got, which sort of un, unbeknownst to me until I was doing the research for this episode, the Crown Tundra is coming out in like literally ten days of recording this episode. So like it's uh, it's coming out in between the time where episodes will be released. So next episode, expect a, um, you know, expect a, a full review of, of a Crown Tundra. I guess that's the special Halloween thing. Like I'll probably I'll have to do like a ghost type random Pokemon of the week or something like that. But um, yeah, I mean I'm gonna have to talk about it. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna want to talk about it because you know I'm gonna be streaming it over on twitchtv slash um and you know, like I, I like I did with the Isle of Armor, I'll be talking about it pretty much immediately after I play it, uh, which is in 10 days. I'm very, very excited. I didn't realize it was coming so soon. Um, but with that, we have a little bit more of information to talk about uh, before the, the, the DLC actually comes out. Um, like I said uh, many times before, this uh, this trailer was released like two weeks ago, but I wasn't able to talk about it uh, because it was very, very soon, uh, right after this episode was, or last episode was supposed to be released, so I never got a chance to talk about it. Um, but now is the opportunity to do so, and fittingly, right before Crown Tundra comes out. Um, let's see. So, first of all, I just want to say that... Um, I scoured the trailers for all the new, pretty much all of the new information that 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 is coming out uh, for the Crown Tundra or came out for the Crown Tundra, and I'm very excited. The like it looks like just like the Isle of Armor, which is something that I think a lot of people were sort of nervous about upon the release of the Isle of Armor. Um, the game it looks great. It looks, I mean, it looks really beautiful. Like the you know the sort of the the backgrounds. Most of the assets are like as far as I can tell, completely different than uh, the base game and also the Isle of Armor, you know, in the Crown Tundra. There's, like, there's new trees, there's new backgrounds, there's new rocks, mountains, snow, stuff like that. You know, obviously, it's a totally different environment, but it doesn't seem like they sort of just reused a lot of stuff. It looks like they made a bunch of new, um, a bunch of new assets for this new uh, DLC, and I'm very excited about just sort of the aesthetic of, of all of these, um, of all of these, these, you know, areas and, and assets and backgrounds and everything like that. It looks gorgeous as far as I can tell from the trailers. And I'm very excited to play through it because honestly, one of the best things about the Isle of Armor was the visuals, how it looked, you know, it looked, it looked awesome. It looked, it looked beautiful. And at least in my opinion, um, but even more so, I am a lover of ice and snow and mountains and things like that even more than I am of like islands and tropical stuff so like this is is catering to me even more so than the Isle of Armor so if you uh if you enjoyed or I guess if you didn't like my constant raving about how beautiful the Isle of Armor DLC was get ready for the Crown Tundra because I guarantee you I'm gonna I'm gonna rant and rave about how beautiful this game is also on my Twitch stream which uh, I'm excited to play I'm probably gonna be talking so much about 
the, the the visuals because I do think that Sword and Shield is a beautiful game, and I think that the Isle of Armor and the Crown Tundra coming out soon is uh, exemplifies that with just how different they are. And and honestly, the Isle of Armor blew me at least away, uh, and a lot of people that I that I saw on like Twitter and in my friend groups and stuff blew them away uh, with how gorgeous it looked compared to the base game. Um, which I think that not a lot of people were necessarily expecting. Uh, and I'm hoping that the same treatment is done to the Crown Tundra even more so because of because of what I like. Uh, in the trailers, it seems like there was a lot of uh, a lot of information or a lot of things sort of teased uh, in terms of cutscenes and uh, you know story bits that we're going to be getting over the course of the of the um, of the Crown Tundra. Like for example, um, there were like it showed like a player character bending down and looking at like some footprints. Uh, it shows the player character in like a cave with like a worker dude, which I assume you know that's sort of the whole aesthetic of the Crown Tundra is like that orange jumpsuit. You know the worker like the 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 mining sort of outfit. Um, and it seems like there's a lot of NPCs that reflect that, sort of like the dojo in, in Isle of Armor. Um, and, like, you know, we're probably going to be seeing a lot of characters and stuff that, that have that in cutscenes. And, you know, like with the Dynamax adventures or whatever, I'll talk about more about that later. It seems like that's going to be a, ma- a main aesthetic, um, just judging by what we have so far for the story and for the Crown Tundra and for the NPCs and stuff like that. As well as, uh, it looked like the Galarian birds, the Kanto birds, you know, Galarian, Zapdos, Articuno, and Moltres, took, uh, had a little bit of showtime in the, um, in the cutscenes, which, uh, it seems like they might be part of the main storyline. Almost in the same way that, like, Kubfu and, um, you know, almost, you know, like, Vespaquin and stuff were at the very end, those Pokemon that sort of uh, go with you in cutscenes and stuff. It almost seems like the the birds are going to be a main part of that. Um, at least judging from the trailers, I sort of just went frame by frame, and it looks like a cutscene that like Galarian Zapdos is sort of just like chilling with you. You know, maybe maybe you're following them, or maybe you're you're trying to catch them, or something like that. Something something with this story. I I think that they are involved, judging by just snippets of information that we saw in the trailers. There's a few more little elements that I'd like to talk about, uh, and honestly, judging by the time that's been that's sort of allotted to so far, it doesn't seem like uh, this episode is going to be very long, at least not uh, as long as I expected it to be. In all honesty, this episode is just sort of a, a build-up for the, um, you know, for the, for the Crown Tundra, and um, hopefully next episode will be the big one where I, you know, I go through my whole thoughts about the game. Um, but I'm not really surprised that this episode is going to be so short. Um, because honestly, there really isn't that much to talk about. Uh, I, I sort of questioned whether or not I should talk about the Crown Tundra stuff just in the news segment and also just like go have another topic to talk about. But I figured that going more in depth about it would be more, um, one entertaining and also just like hyped up you know, uh, something to hype up the the release of the Crown Tundra. So uh, you'll have to forgive me. This episode is a little bit shorter than usual, a sort of just a build up uh, for the Crown Tundra coming out. And like I said, I, I didn't want to take away from that glory with the big topic today. Uh, there's a few more little specific details that I wanted to talk about. Uh, very little, actually. Looking at it, like I said, there's very much not that much to talk about. Um, 
One, for example, is the little things, the very little things. The avalogs in the water, uh, in, you know, the sort of the glacier water. You know, you could see avalogs sort of just like swimming around. I love that little detail. I'm excited to see what they do with that. Um, the view in the mountains with the Dragonite. This is sort of just like scene overview. Um, the the view in the mountains with the Dragonite is beautiful, as far as I can tell. It looks like there's going to be a lot of vertical climbs. Um, a lot of the time in this, in the trailers and stuff, you see the trainer going up. <laughs> you see the trainer going up a mountain or up a forest or in, you know, a sort of alcove with like a, with the Dragonite in in a mountain top. So um, it seems like there's going to be a lot of verticality to it, um, which I'm excited for because the the uh, Isle of Armor was pretty flat, or at least. Yeah, I mean, it's an island. It's not super flat. There was that mountainous bit, but like uh, that that place was that time was pretty short. It was more focused on the foliage, you know, the the different ecosystems with the with the the grass and that sort of stuff. But it seems like instead of that, it it almost looks like they're going to focus more on height in the Crown Tundra, which again I'm very excited for. You know, give us some more chance to find some flying Pokemon, some ice Pokemon high up on the mountains, some rock type Pokemon in the mountains, um, which is different than what the Isle of Armor gave us, which is you know a lot of grass types, a lot of water types within the oceans, um, and it's it looks to be like a very good contrast between the two. Another thing I'd like to talk about: um, a lot of legendary talk coming up. <laughs> uh, specifically, there was an Articuno. I could not tell if it was a Galarian Articuno or if it was a normal Articuno. I'm almost certain that it was a Galarian Articuno, but it could be a normal one. Um, flying through the sky like any other Pokemon would in the overworld. And it almost makes me think that maybe you can catch multiple of the of the birds, of the legendary Pokemon. You know, it, it, like, it, it looked like it was just like, oh, you know, like a like a braviary flying through the sky. It was an Articuno. It like it spawned, it made the cry, and then it just sort of flew around for a little for like a second in the in the trailer, and it, it makes me, um, you know, it makes me speculate whether or not we'll be able to catch multiple, or maybe it's like a it's a specific encounter at a specific time. You can only find one of them flying through the sky, you know, something like that, um, which I doubt, given the fact that I did mention before that it seems like they were very incorporated into the uh, the cutscenes, so. Who knows? Maybe you can catch the Cantonian versions just like flying through the sky, or maybe you can find uh, multiple of the Galarian ones. Speaking of legendaries, all of the legendaries are coming back, or most of them are coming back. I'm not sure exactly how many compared to the to the main cast uh, is coming back. Um, you know, this is a great thing, obviously. I don't think you need me to tell you that this is a great thing. All of the legendaries coming back obviously brings back a lot of fan favorites, a lot of, you know, a lot of well-needed Pokemon uh, coming back into the game, as well as the Pokemon that are being added, sort of just like, you know, with the update. I don't, I think I've talked about this before, so I'm not really going to go into it again, but, you know, obviously they're, they're sort of expanding the Pokedex more, um, you know, as they release these DLCs, which uh, I think that, there is something to be said about the 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 wellness of this, how good it is. But I think overall, it's a, it is a good thing that they're at least bringing the Pokemon back, especially the legendary Pokemon. Uh, this also means that Landorus is coming back, which 
to a lot of people's happiness was not included in the in the in the base game <laughs> because if you know competitive pokemon you know how insane landorus t can be in terms of the competitive meta and is probably one of the one of if not the most defining pokemon of the meta in uh, sun and moon and in, even beforehand and when it came out in in black and white it was it's just a powerhouse it's a crazy good pokemon it's typing is super good and people were like oh thank god we get a break from it you know and when when sword and shield came out when it didn't it didn't get released into the into the base game and now it's coming back so you know goodbye uh meta (laughs) no i'm kidding i mean a lot of people have sort of speculated that one of the other big um meta defining pokemon in sort in the sword and shield metagame is um galarian darmanitan which a lot of people say will counter landorus which is good because of course landorus is weak to ice and uh galarian darmanitan is a super good ice type pokemon in the current meta so who knows how that'll play out i am excited to see uh how that will happen um and even just how all of these legendaries coming back will sort of you know uh will change the way that both the competitive and the casual games are played because i mean these legendaries are going to be available to us in almost every way you know easy way i assume at least you know the dynamax adventures that little mini game that's coming seems to be like you just find them in raid battles you know which doesn't seem to be super difficult like any other legendary pokemon you know maybe it'll be like as difficult as mewtwo but even then people will find a way of getting them pretty easily so it'll it'll sort of change the way that um so also a little bit akin to how Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon did it, where you could just find a lot of Pokemon just sort of chilling in the Ultra Space dimension. Um, it'll sort of change the accessibility of getting these older fan favorite legendary Pokemon, and I do quite like that. And finally, getting into the uh, the parts that are a little bit less interesting or uh, a little bit less, you know, <laughs> um, game changing, uh, more so just little bits of information that we've gotten over the, you know, over the, the direct that happened if, uh, last week. But uh, you can rematch gym leaders again. We already know this, but you can do it in doubles this time with with dialogue, depending on who you're teaming with and who you're fighting. Um, good development i'm excited to do some doubles rematches with the with the with all of our favorite cast gym leaders trainers rivals stuff like that um and you know the the interactions between them is a a good little bonus i'm excited to see sort of the dialogue between everybody and how it uh how it how it changes who will interact with who you know maybe some funny quips maybe some some interesting development between two characters who knows we'll just have to wait and see Oh, and by the way, I lied about uh, the last little bit of information being not so interesting because we have a new Pokemon, Galarian Slowking. <laughs> um, what an interesting Pokemon. Um, Galarian Slowking, I'm going to read out the, uh, the information about Galarian Slowking because I think it's a really, really interesting Pokemon. Um, it's, it's, you know, so the final evolution to Galarian Slowbro and Slowpoke, uh, that's new to the Crown Tundra. It is Poison Psychic, to nobody's surprise. But the face on the design of the, of the, the shell is just so funny to me, and also very cool. You know, the, the sort of shelter that goes on the Slowking's head is taking up its entire face, um, and has, it's got these crazy little eyes, 
uh, with with the shell or with the the jewel sort of at the top of this uh, the top of its forehead, sort of replacing Slowking's head. Um, and it is the Hexpert Pokemon. It is five eleven, same height as me, and it weighs less than me. Wow. Thanks, Pokemon. Um, let's see. So it says. Uh, a brainy shelter takes charge. A shelter bite set off a reaction between the chemicals secreted by Galarian Slowpoke's brain and the spices inside its body, causing Slowpoke to gain the poison type as it evolved into Galarian Slowking. The shelter's intelligence also skyrocketed, giving the shelter psychic powers, but put other psychic type Pokemon to shame. Galarian Slowking has been observed uttering incantations in order to communicate with each other. They also appear to chant mysterious spells when using moves in battle. Exactly what these soaking are saying has not has yet to be fully understood. That is horrifying. Galarian Slowking's signature move, Eerie Spell. Eerie Spell is a psychic type special move in which the Pokemon attacks with tremendous psychic power. If hit, the opponent doesn't only take damage, it also loses 3 PP from the last move it used. That can be pretty good. Uh, and its new ability, Curious Medicine. Uh, is a new ability introduced with this expansion. When a Pokemon with this ability enters the battlefield, allies' stat changes are reset. It's almost like neutralizing gas, but just for stat changes. Not really super interesting, but, you know, I mean, it's there. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it, it's, it's useful. You know, we don't really have anything that does this yet, so I'm not surprised that we got it, but... Yeah, you know, it's a little bit it's a little bit boring, if I have to say so. Uh but yeah, Galarian Slowking's really cool. I really like the aesthetic behind this whole line, and I'm glad that they've sort of finished it off with such a such a very cool and weird Pokemon with like being a hex master and the weird face and everything going on with this with this weird Pokemon. I I I love it. So, uh that does it for my uh for sort of the review of the of what happened what what was revealed in the crown tundra coming up and i mean what do i have to say before the release of the crown tundra obviously you know to nobody's surprise i'm very very excited and like i said i'll be streaming it uh on the day it comes out on the 22nd actually it depends on how what day that is what day is that hopefully that's a weekend or like a thursday like normal i would love it if it was a thursday I opened up the, ca the calculator instead of the calendar. What is the 22nd? It's a... It, it is a Thursday. Okay, that's actually not too bad. Uh, it looks like I'll probably be streaming it at like 3, 4 o'clock, uh, most likely. Maybe a little bit later than that on Thursday the 22nd. So if you're into that, if you want to watch me uh, play this new expansion, I will be streaming it over on twitch.tv slash lilycyon. L-I-L-L-I-E-C-E-O-N. Uh, as well as if you want to keep updated on this podcast, you can check that out at twitter.com slash extremeevocast uh, and also my personal Twitter where you can get updated on my streams and also I, you know, I retweet uh, my own podcast sort of announcements at twitter.com slash lilycyon. Uh, and let's move on to the last segment for today. Everybody's favorite segment where we talk about a random move every episode. Move, tutor. Uh, and today's move is number 378, or it's 368, I believe. Uh, and that move is Metal Burst. Metal Burst is a damage-dealing steel-type move introduced in Generation 4. Roman numerals will never not be easy for me. Or will never be easy for me. Uh, Metal Burst returns 1.5 times the damage dealt by the foe's last attack. 
Unlike counter or mirror coat, Metal Burst does not require specifically physical or special damage sources, and Metal Burst does not have decreased priority. If the user acts before it is hit by the opponent's damaging move, Metal Burst will fail. The move also fails if the user's substitute is hit instead. In battles involving multiple Pokemon, Metal Burst will hit the last opponent that dealt damage to the user, even if that Pokemon is not adjacent to the user. Metal Burst cannot affect allied Pokemon. Metal Burst can also be used as part of a context contest spectacular combination with the user gaining an extra 3 appeal points if any of the moves Encore, Taunt, or Torment were used in the prior turn. Um, I forgot to say, it is a physical move, it has a PP of 10, and an accuracy of 100%, and a power of null, because, you know, it, it deals damage, sort of, based on what it what it took. It's an interesting move, I like it, uh, actually. It's sort of like a, uh, you know, a plus, it's like, it's like counter or mirror coat combined, um, where it doesn't matter what type of move it is, it'll just, it'll just reflect it anyway, but it doesn't have the decreased priority, so you have to be slower than your opponent in order for it to work. Which is a is a good balance. I really enjoy the way that they sort of went about that move. Um, let's see. The and the the sort of the entry for it is the user retaliates against the foe that last inflicted damage on it with much greater power, and it's pretty much the same uh, for every generation. There's no trivia. I mean, there's an inform there's information in the mystery dungeon series. Uh, gives the Pokemon that uses this move the Metal Burst status, which enables the Pokemon to counter damage from moves and regular attacks, inflicting half damage on all surrounding enemies. Interesting. It's different than, uh... It's, it's different than, um... Than in the base games. The user gains the Metal Burst status and returns blah blah blah, equal to three-fourths of the damage received. The Metal Burst status last six turns, I think is what they're trying to say here. It just says the Metal Burst status six turns. I think they're trying to say it lasts six turns. All right. Well, uh, I think that is going to do it for today. Again, apologies for the shorter episode, but I hope you had a great time listening anyway. I uh, hope you have an amazing day, and I will catch you in the next one for my review of The Crown Tundra. I'll catch you then. Bye.